Hi, I'm Holly. And I'm Danielle, and you're listening to the Spooky Hour. That's all I've got. Oh, we got Danielle in on it this time. Look at that. A head bob and all. I know. <laughs> Happy yeah. Monday, Monday, friends. Yeah. Today's Friday. It's been um, a if anybody managed to get tickets to that fucking festival that was announced, Go congrats. Because oh. I looked out of curiosity and it was like gridlocked. Like there, it's it's gone. It's insane. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. But also, like, I feel like it's gonna be a shitstorm. I don't know. I I, I go back and forth. I hope it isn't either because this is literally like my wet dream right now. Yeah. But the my biggest concern is the amount of stages. I feel like if they added so from what I've heard it's three stages. If they add just two more stages, I feel like it'd be fine. Yeah. But then they changed it and just says multiple stages. So I think they might have realized they fucked up. Yeah. And but now they're they added a second date too and that's already sold out. Yeah. Oh yeah. And they're like, we didn't know this would happen. You got my chemical romance and and Paramore. And that's just the headliners. Yeah. So, also, congrats. Without Avril Lavigne, but whatever. You don't like her? <sighs> no. <laughs> oh, it, did people say you look like her? Yeah. Oh, it's real I never would have thought that until this very moment. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh, I could totally. Oh, I'm oh, so I sorry. Hate you. Don't say that. <laughs> I won't say it. <laughs> I stopped myself. <laughs> but yeah it. congrats we got tickets if you ever feel like selling them uh let me know <laughs> let me know i would uh like i wouldn't go unless we could safely travel kind of thing like i wouldn't go today we were so funny there's a couple of people like anti-vaxxers on my instagram on and your, like oh I know, yeah i know in like my personal life not like any of our listeners and uh they for posting that they wanted to go there and i'm like you are a fucking idiot you, you can't you travel can't. you literally don't have a vaccine <laughs> you don't understand i'll do luck. anything to go but but will you <laughs> but will you are you sure about that uh but yeah i, I i'm a little butthurt today i knew i wasn't gonna get tickets and like i didn't really want to buy tickets but it was kind of one of those things where i'm like if this goes through like i'm gonna keep going yeah <laughs> I wish it was coming here, though. Of course, it'd be in Vegas. I would love for it to travel. That would be really cool. Everyone's like, oh, that's just Warp Tour. And it's like, well, well yeah, bring Duh. back Warp Tour. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Thank you. That's exactly what I want. Yeah. But, but yeah, that, that was uh, the only excitement in my day was getting my hopes and dreams crushed. And then we had like an 18 foot snowstorm on Monday. Oh my God. Yeah. It, we got fucked. <laughs> so, my, guys, I have uh, Tucson, so an SUV. And it was covered. Like, you couldn't see it. Like, it was gone. <laughs> the minivan across the street. Did I send you a picture? Yeah. It, you couldn't see it. No. I We've lived in Canada for 18 years. Uh, no, 29 years. I, hold on. I, you confused me. I was like, oh, wait, no. Because like, we're only 18 move? years old. Danielle, come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was like, when did you move to Canada? I was like, I'm confused. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. <laughs> when did you move here? Uh, no, I've been here 29 years and I've never seen that much snow. No. Like, no. I've seen a lot of snow, but that... I got stuck. To the point where <laughs> SUVs are covered? No. I had to shovel this old lady... Well, she, not even, she wasn't even old. She looked so young, but she had grandkids. Uh, and I, was, I literally was like, what are you doing out in this? And she's like, I had to go to Walmart. I'm like, right now? Like... <laughs> out of all the really <laughs> but she was so nice so i fucking drug my ass out there and dug her out uh 
yeah, it was, I've never seen anything like it. And we're still, some people are still stuck, eh? Yeah. Uh, I was reading uh, one area near you is like still no snow plows have gone through. Which is crazy because we had snow plow in the morning and then we had one like literally five hours later. You had more than I did and I have like a fairly major street here. You know why though? We're one of the streets that people drop their kids off for school because it's like our house our street and then the field and then the other field is a school so people use our street as a kiss and ride yeah yeah that makes sense yeah school and like the does a bus go through there at all no 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 No? what do you fit um no (laughs) yeah we didn't get plowed until it was like late it was like 9 30 at night crazy absolutely crazy but yeah we, we lived uh, i broke I my back did... shoveling yeah <laughs> i still my back still hurts today. i was just gonna ask is it still fucked oh it's so fucked great <laughs> I'm, I'm like i've taken like 18 tylenols today it's been crazy ah oh, and the, the heat and cold's not doing anything no i can't even like it's just my lower back i can't even like bend down to pick up river like it's that bad just just go lay in the snow and just wait for it to end at this point <laughs> i'm just gonna let it suffocate me <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that I completely forgot about that already. It was the fucking craziest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It went up to my belly button in my backyard. Yeah. I like, like I knew it was deep and I stepped out in my backyard to dig out that thingy that like blows your house up if you don't dig it out. Um and I took a step and like I was expecting to go to my knees and then it just kept going and I was like, "Oh my god." Bye-bye. <laughs> And my legs wouldn't move. And my mom had to, like, throw me the shovel so I could paddle through, basically. In the morning, I took Kylo out. And she panicked because when she went... Because she usually poops in the field. She jumped in the snow and she disappeared. So she panicked and jumped back out. And so she panicked, pooped in the street. It was hilarious. Yes. Even my dog's having trouble. He's, like he hops like a bunny through it like it's too deep for him so when you have two snow dogs that can't handle it yeah shit's fucked it's really great it's really funny though she was like bare i was like i'm i don't know where she went (laughs) (laughs) gone bye i thought panda my mom's dog i thought she was gonna jump in the backyard because uh so she was peeing on the porch in the snow but it already melted because the sun hits the porch and I, she walked all the way to the end of the porch, and I was like, holy fuck, if she's jumping in there, I'm leaving her. Like, I'm not going after her. I would have thrown her in there just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I don't think we'd ever get her out. Like, <laughs> she just disappear. She's very little for reference. She's 15 pounds. She's well, I guess it's not very little. She's, she's also first. white. Yeah. And she's also, like, a disaster of a dog. She's, like, the most anxiety-ridden creature I've ever seen. So I'm I think she'd sure have a heart left- attack and die in there. I'm pretty sure I left her barking in the last episode. Did you? Yeah, I that's did, Panda. Funny. <laughs> that's my little psycho. She's so sweet, though. <laughs> she's 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 something else. We all she's love something. Her, she's something. She's not a dog, yeah. but she's something. She's something. She's definitely not a dog. I've never seen a dog that acts like this. No, not at all. She's part hamster or something. Like something ain't right. <laughs> God bless her. Uh, but yeah, that's it. We almost got killed by snow, and mm-hmm. I didn't get tickets to the festival and that's it the end should we talk about murder now let's talk about murder it's a really brutal murder too i took i picked like the the worst case this week i don't know why i just saw a picture and i was like i want to do this so we're going to talk about robert picton today oh gosh (laughs) um he's a huge name i hate i don't like saying like that he's a huge name he's a well-known murderer well-known murderer he's a bad person um and like one of probably the worst Canada has ever seen, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for the, yeah. yeah, it's pretty brutal. I tried to censor this, but it's I feel like there's no censoring it. 
Um, so Robert Picton was born on October 26, 1949 in Port Coquitlam, BC, British Columbia. Uh, not much is known about his childhood, but what could be found is kind of your typical serial killer upbringing. Uh, his dad wasn't involved in his life and his mom was strict, bordering on insane. Uh, there's actually one story where his brother uh, was learning how to drive in his dad's truck and hit a kid on the bike on his bike sorry and he ran back to the house to get help from his mom and apparently the mom came looked at the kid and kicked him into the creek at the side of the road where like they found him the next day dead what the fuck uh that's it's never been like it's not official anywhere in terms of like charges or anything but that is a rumor from their childhood so uh very very stable parenting going on um that's so fucked. She, she made her kids work long hours at their meat business where they would butcher pigs and calves for several hours a day instead of attending school. Um, graphic Star Wars warning here. Robert, Robert would allegedly hide in the empty cavities of hogs when trying to avoid work or punishment from his mother. Again, like really stable household here. Um, so when Robert did attend school, he was ostracized from his peers. He was like dirty for lack of a better term he would come to school covered in whatever is found on a farm that is also a slaughterhouse whatever is found in that pigs literally yeah and he's hiding in apparently he smelled like really bad like to the point where i can't believe cps didn't get involved actually i was gonna say to the point where someone should have called cps um i mean now it's just so like you could take your kid into the hospital and they could have like like a broken finger and you'll get it yeah (laughs) cps is there yeah uh and i think his his brother was in the same boat i don't know much about his sister but uh like him and his brother were both described as being like really gross Mm -hmm. um so robert's earliest run-in uh with oh i missed the part where he like never had any friends or anything but that was a given uh robert's early run-in with the law was in 1997 when he was charged but not convicted of attempted murder uh, Robert had brought an unnamed sex worker over. He promised her drugs and alcohol in exchange for sex. Things turned sour when he handcuffed her without her consent. Um, so one article I read said that she stabbed him first. Another said that he stabbed her first. I'm not sure the true story, but either way, they both ended up with stab wounds and in the hospital. Uh, so the charges were dropped because she was deemed unfit to stand trial due to her drug addiction, which is what? bullshit. Um, true crime fun fact here. So the clothes that he was wearing the day that he attacked her, uh, they sat in the RCMP evidence locker for over seven years. And after Robert was arrested for his murder spree, which I'm getting to, they finally tested that clothing and found the DNA of two missing women. So oh, the Canadian legal system really shines in this episode. Had they tested it, that day like they this would have been solved decades before it was solved that's because annoying. the dna was there and they were just like we'll just put it in the locker it's fine there it will sit but did they have did they maybe not test it because they didn't have the ability to do it it was 1997 so they they could have done it i don't know why they didn't i can't i can't think of a reason maybe it's because they were like oh it's an open and shut case like it was a quote-unquote domestic incident you know maybe they didn't expect anybody else's blood or dna to be on it yeah they just i would have tested it personally myself but that's the rcmp for you i love it the pony Um, pony police the pony police yay this is another heavy pony police episode 
Um, so I've mentioned this in another episode, but unfortunately, British Columbia is infamous for its dozens of unsolved missing or murdered women cases. Uh, these women mostly share the same background of sex work and drug addiction and were predominantly indigenous women. Uh, so there were 68 missing women from the same stretch of road between Vancouver and Seattle, Washington. They started disappearing in the early 1980s and just kept vanishing. There'd be a handful every year that just disappeared without a trace. Um, the Vancouver police didn't really show much interest, partially, partially because, I guess, they're just garbage at their jobs, but also because they didn't really have anything to go on. There was nothing, there was no evidence left behind. The women would just disappear one night. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other side of the border, though, there was another story. Uh, bodies started popping up in Seattle, prompting investigations by their police department. So they kind of were the ones that were keeping it going the whole time. Yeah. Uh, this eventually ties into Gary Ridgway and his murders, but that's a story for another day. Uh, eventually, because of the mass of missing women, there was a task force created in the late 90s, and they stepped in for the local police who were clearly not handling this very well. Um In 1998, the task force tip line received a call from an anonymous man who said that Robert Picton would be, quote, worth looking into. Uh, The caller claimed that Robert was boasting about finding the perfect way to hide a body by grinding them up and feeding them to pigs on his farm. Um, Uh, I would just like to thank that person for calling in. Yeah. No, seriously. They I think if this person didn't call in, I don't know if they would have looked at him because some people are just like, ha ha, that's like it's disgusting but you must be joking and this person's like this guy's fucking nuts like yeah for you for calling it must him. have been like the way he described it or something where this person was like this sounds serious like <laughs> this sounds researched <laughs> yeah um so detective Lorimer Schenner uh took the call and immediately began digging into Robert and his sketchy farm he discovered that uh he discovered the 1997 attempted murder charge and he had a feeling in his gut that Robert was tied to these missing women uh unfortunately it took another few years before he could make something really stick in February 2002 another source tipped off the RCMP about several illegal weapons that could be found on the Picton farm um and this was kind of their like way to get a warrant for the home yeah cuz without if they didn't have anything to go off of you can't just be like hey let us look in your house for these missing women that we think you maybe killed like they needed something solid to go with you just be like yeah come on in no problem exactly um so on february 5th 2002 they arrived with a warrant and they brought uh, members of the missing women's task force with them one of the task force members spotted an inhaler on the scene and the prescription belonged to one of the 68 missing women uh Robert was taken in just on the weapon charges for now, along with his brother and sister, who also lived on this farm. While he was in for questioning, the missing women's task force received a warrant of their own to search the farm and its property for more evidence. I'm just going to slap a big old graphic warning here. Uh, This is like the most graphic serial killer that I will probably cover. So um, it's going to be messy. It's gross. Big warning proceed with caution i'm gonna leave now bye (laughs) bye danielle (laughs) so the farm itself was a disaster so picture like a really bad episode of hoarders i just keep Um, thinking of like the texas chainsaw massacre oh that's a good one yeah yeah yeah. um so there were items kind of thrown all over both the farmhouse and the barns themselves and the barns were all damaged and falling apart and barely like barely standing up from what i understand the animals were sickly and there was shit everywhere to put it eloquently pig shit cow shit just shit everywhere human shit (laughs) probably human shit 
so buried in this mess, investigators decided, or not decided, investigators started to find pieces of women's clothing and some were covered in blood. They started finding ID cards that belonged to the missing women. And then they started finding what was left of the women themselves. Uh, severed body parts were found in fridges, freezers, and trash cans. Skulls and splintered bones were found all over the property, along with various sets of hair and blood. Uh, the most disturbing discovery was ground up human flesh found in the same fridge where they stored the ground pork that they sold to their neighbors in their community. So it's never been confirmed, but it's been heavily rumored that Robert was selling the human meat as pork. Thank God he was not a commercial farmer. This did not go into like, you know, your local Walmart or whatever, but he kind of sold it to like the people in his area. They would, you know, it was just like a little local farm. Um, I feel like if like I was like living there and my neighbor smelled that bad, I wouldn't buy their meat. Yeah, you'd right, like, especially if their farm looked like that. I don't yeah. know the maybe the whole area looked like that and it was very normal. I just I totally agree with you. <laughs> like I don't care how desperate I would be. It's I would just eat grass. He looks like he ground people up, you know? Yeah. Um, like if you can't even take care of yourself, how do I know you're taking care of animals to like feed me? Like, yeah, no. Well, so it was also confirmed that he did in fact feed some of his victims to his pig, uh, his pigs, sorry, plural. So it's, uh, yeah, like you said, he was not feeding them properly. I'm going to throw up my whole <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just, um, <laughs> I believe this was confirmed by trace amounts of DNA found like in the pig troughs. Uh, so DNA tests were being run left, right, and center, and one by one, the matches started rolling in. The list of missing women grew into a list of confirmed murder victims. Over the span of two years, a team of forensic, I knew this was going to be hard, forensic excavators completely flattened the farm, and uh, at the end of it all, investigators were able to charge him with 27 counts of murder based on the evidence and the remains that they had found. What about his uh, brother and sister? Uh, we get there. Okay. So, I'm like, they're there. living there. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Robert's trial began on January 30th, 2006. He pleaded not guilty to the, the 27 f- charges of first-degree murder. I don't know how uh, the girl's arm got in my uh, pig pen. Yeah. There's no a idea. literal farm full of evidence. Like, a farm full of evidence. And he's like, I know nothing about that. Honestly, I'm looking up a picture of him right now. He's really he gross. Like. He's, uh... Something else. Exactly what... Yeah yeah oh look at that one <laughs> yeah i don't like that he looks too happy to be there for reference he's like uh holding up a deceased pig and smiling the biggest smile he could physically smile he looks way too happy to be there oh God, um, adding him to my persons i want to punch in the face list he's still alive so you could still do it perfect <laughs> <laughs> so it took almost a full year for the courts to decide what could be submitted to the jury as evidence because there was a just so much of it and b not all of it was whole um so there was also a giant publication ban around all of the proceedings which makes my job a little bit more difficult today there was like so many articles that were just like think pieces that were not actually factual they're just like i think that robert picton is a bad guy and it's like well yeah we've gotten there tell me why um so from what i could find the judge justice james williams started rejecting uh i think it was just one count of murder he rejected due to the lack of evidence he then decided to split the cases into separate groups of charges one group had six 
cases in it and the other group had 20. So the judge decided to proceed with the group of six in front of the jury because they had, quote, material differences in evidence. Uh, that to me means the, the remains they positively identified and all that, maybe. Yeah. Um, and the charges were more likely to stick in those cases. The other group of 20 could have been heard in a separate trial. Uh, but from media or murderpedia.org, sorry, it's uh, it says, quote, ultimately, the charges were stayed on August 4th, 2010. Because of the publication ban, full details of the decisions are not publicly available. But the judge has explained that trying all 26 charges at once would put an unreasonable burden on the jury as a trial could last up to two years and have an increased chance for a mistrial. So basically, the judge just went, there is literally too many murders. We'll just put them away on these and call it a day. Because um, I feel like they just wanted to, he, whoever the judge was, just really wanted to make sure this guy wasn't going to get away with it. Yeah, because there was, there was some, like, circumstantial evidence. So I think it was the uh, the lady whose puffer it was. That was, was all say, they found was yeah, the puffer. Like materialistic kind of stuff. Yeah, where it's like, well, she was there and there's blood and remains everywhere so we can assume that he murdered her and we pretty much know that he murdered her but her dna wasn't there there wasn't enough so i think it was kind of a smart move and this person went missing in a red t-shirt like exactly it's on the property you know so it's kind of like circumstantial i think it was kind of a smart move the families were like really really upset about it because they they felt like their person wasn't getting justice yeah but i think it's exactly what he said like if there's doubt in one of the charges, then that opens doubt for all 27 of the charges. Exactly. So I guess he made the right move there. Um, so the, the trial finally officially began on January 22nd, 2007. So a whole year of trying to figure out who can be charged with what. Uh, the media ban was finally lifted. And for the first time, the public heard the details of what exactly was found during the investigation. So for that uh, two years between his arrest and the trial, people just knew that there was bodies found on the farm they didn't didn't know know. they didn't know yeah um so to say the country was shook was a massive understatement i actually remember it i don't remember it well because we were i probably just didn't care like i don't think we were super young i just think i didn't care i I definitely remember seeing it yeah i remember i remember it and i remember it being very gross and then my mom was like we're not watching this (laughs) i was just gonna say my mom was very much like turn that off yeah um (laughs) So, yeah, I don't, I don't think I was old enough to or like dig into it the way I, I do now. Um, so on that first day of trial, the Crown showed a video in which Robert can be seen inside his holding cell with an undercover officer. Uh, Robert told the undercover officer that he had actually killed a total of 49 women and was disappointed because he wanted to make it, quote, an even 50, the big 5-0 that's a direct quote from the video uh the videos can be found on the national post youtube page for those who are so inclined there's two different videos they're quite long i think they're each like half an hour and it's it's a lot like he he tells this undercover officer is actually really good like he talks about like yo i heard the best way to dispose of a body is bringing it in the ocean and robert's like no because he wants (laughs) to like be like no i did it i found the best way yeah um so yeah they're up there if you want to watch them on december 9th 2007 the jury returned a verdict that robert picton was not guilty of the six counts of first degree murder but was guilty on six counts of second degree murder for literally no reason they just 
did that. Um, on December 11, 2007, after 18 victim impact statements were read to the court by friends and family of the victims, Justice James Williams sentenced Robert Picton to life with no possibility of parole for 25 years. So this is the maximum punishment for second degree murder and also the exact same punishment he would have gotten for first degree murder, which I love. This judge is like so yeah. petty. <laughs> like, fuck you. <laughs> This judge wanted to get the first degree, you could tell. Yeah. Uh, so Robert Picton is currently rotting away in a maximum security prison in Quebec. Uh, his siblings that own the farm with him did not see any charges, much to the dismay of the victim's families. So the va- the families, like Danielle, believe that the brother and sister must have known what he was doing. They lived there. You know what I mean? And it, it was yeah. everywhere. Like, the he was openly feeding his pigs there was, you know, clothing everywhere. Like you, you can't have just to... hide you hacking up someone's body in, like, your living room. Like, it's not... I... Yeah, I don't know. The only thing I could have think is... Could have thinked. Could have thinked. <sighs> <laughs> the only thing I thought is that maybe they had separate houses that they lived at full time and just kind of came to the farm because they owned it on occasion. Yeah. But I don't... I feel... I don't know. They had to have known. There's no, no. way. Yeah, there's no... So... No. <laughs> Uh, blah, 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 blah. So they also believe that they might have even been helping him. Uh, his brother, David, who hit the car or hit the kid with his car earlier, um, also had allegations and a conviction of sexual assault. Uh, the conviction was from 1992. The victim in that case told the police that David told her to leave town after the attack or, quote, she would be chopped into pieces, which is suspicious. Suspicious. <laughs> A group of four victims' families launched uh, lawsuits against the siblings. So it was like four of the women's kids. I think it was 13 people total in this lawsuit. Um, they launched it against the siblings and the RCMP for their poor handling of the case. And they ended up settling for $50,000 per person, which is do with that what you will. I don't think it's enough, personally. No. Um the Picton siblings tried their own lawsuit against the RCMP for the damage on their farm. Uh, I don't think it was successful, though, because I couldn't find anything about the outcome. But they are both free and were never charged in these murders. Could you which... imagine being like, my brother murdered a shit ton 49 of women. women. 49 yeah. women. And they dug up my farm because they found the bodies here. But I'm going to sue you because you dug up my farm. You are a piece of flying. I feel like, yeah, there's there's uh, more important things going on right now. I don't know. Obviously, they were involved. Fuck them. I feel like they were probably involved. At least the brother. I don't know. He seems so sketched to me. I don't know if it's because he has Mm -hmm. prior charges or what. Even if I don't like him, even if they weren't involved. Fuck them. (laughs) Fuck them anyways. You're just related to to him. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I would love to list all 49 victims, but we'd be here for a while so i'm gonna screenshot or write out a list of all of their names for the little episode post because there's there's a lot of them which is terrible terrible and sad but yeah that's uh that's good old robert picton the literal most notorious serial killer in canada he's so fucked i can't believe he's still so alive. fucked uh the How criminal minds breathe. episode is is based on him yeah and i, I think that. they did it the same way where like he would bring women across the border and stuff it's kind of the like the new season of Dexter too, not in the same uh, way, but in the same way where they he would like take his victims. Yeah, that one reminded me of that guy in Alaska who. Yeah, what was his name? Uh, I'm looking at his face. He's got the glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they kind of took inspiration from that guy. Definitely, definitely. 
I think they did it well, though. I liked it. I really oh, did I like love, that. I love the new fucking season. So good. Go watch it, you guys. Talk to um, us about it, too. We're, like, the only ones we know. <laughs> literally. Um, so should we get into something kind of spooky-ish? So, something kind of spooky? Let's get yeah. moderately spooky. Moderately spooky. <laughs> I don't think it's spooky. I just think it's fun. Um, we're going to talk about the Curse of the Hope Diamond. Oh, fine. That is fine. Yeah. So there's a lot of deaths surrounding this diamond and people who have owned it. So it could just be like a folklore, but like I said, it's fun to chat about. Um, so the origin of the story for this diamond is that uh, Jean Baptiste Tav- Taverner, Taverner, nailed that. Yeah. <laughs> who's a French diamond merchant, apparently found the blue diamond in the um, in a region of in India. So this dates back all the way to like the 1600s. At the time, diamonds were only found in India. They weren't discovered anywhere else yet. So everyone was just like, we're going to India to get some diamonds. Um, So back then, and maybe like to this day, I'm not really that sure. People believed, especially in India, that gemstones and diamonds had protective powers. So it said these gems would absorb negative influences and store them inside the gem. So that's why you'd see like the rich and powerful always wearing like the biggest like diamonds and gemstones because like the bigger the diamond the bigger space there was to absorb your negative bullshit (laughs) and i don't know if you know this about rich people but not a lot of them are great no (laughs) (laughs) and then um uh i already lost my spot this is going so well guys (laughs) so there are theories around um john finding this massive blue diamond some say he went to a mine in india and just found it and others say he actually stole it from a statue um so he brought this diamond or should i say stolen diamond back to france when he sold it to king louis the 14th it said that jean or jane whatever um, died at 84 years old, but another story was that after he sold it, he got really sick with a fever and died. Another story is that he actually got mauled to death by a pack of wolves. Oh, and wow. It's so long ago, <laughs> there's no record of his death, but... I kind of like the the mauled by wolves. That's dramatic. Right? right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with him possibly dead at this point, uh, Louis XIV now has this diamond. He actually had a diamond, the diamond recut in either 1673 or 1678. um, And it was officially titled the Blue Diamond of the Crown of France, also nicknamed the French Blue. (laughs) So, yeah, (laughs) the English named it the French Blue because they're like, this is way too long of a name. (laughs) Uh, so Louis XIV ended up dying to gangrene, and according to Ew. records, all of his children had died in early childhood except for one, which is, like, common back then, but, like... Yeah, I but mean, also, like, pretty if, brutal. Yeah, if this diamond is cursed, then you just killed your whole family, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 1749, uh, Louis XV, so the great-grandson, had uh, the diamond put onto, like, a nice jeweled, like, pendant. Mm -hmm. Um, then once he died, it became the property of his grandson, Louis the 16th. Um, so Louis the 16th was the last King of France before the fall of the monarchy. He was he was married to Marie Antoinette. Um, apparently, yeah, uh, apparently Marie wore the hope diamond a lot. So she was never pictured with it, but apparently she wore it. Um, but all, we all know their fate. Um, they were both executed. Um, in 1792, before their deaths, they were in jail, and apparently the blue diamond was stolen, along with a butt-ton of other crown jewels. Um, a lot of other jewels were found, except this French blue diamond. Um, it was thought to have been smuggled into London and recut a bunch of times. So, fast forward to 1813, it seems like the blue diamond was found in London. So, a very large 44-carat blue diamond, um, 
and by 1823, jeweler Daniel Ellison had ownership. Obviously, they can't be certain that it's the same diamond, but a blue diamond that is pretty rare and randomly pops up in well, London. Well, especially the size of it, isn't it? Like, gigantic. It's yeah. yeah, it's freaking huge. So it was definitely recut to hide its history. So King yeah. George IV bought the diamond from Daniel, but when George died, the diamond was um, sold off to pay off his debts, apparently. So, like, the curse... The way this curse of the diamond works, either you die or, like, you fall into, like, really bad hardships. So, that's pretty much... And he got t- both. Yeah, he got both. <laughs> he died and he had to pay off debts. Damn. <laughs> so, this is where the history got kind of fuzzy for me. So, George died in 1830. So, I'm not exactly sure who had it, but it got sold off, like, who it got sold to. But Henry Philip Hope was in possession of the diamond after 1830. So, there's, like, a time where, like, I don't know what happened to the diamond someone had it he ended up having it yeah um so henry collected art and gems and he purchased this diamond so he purchased it for the strict meaning of having it get passed down to like his family's like through generations as a way yeah. to carry on his name um and this is where the hope diamond got its name from henry hope so henry never married so everything was left to his nephews <laughs> yeah hold on hold on he's like let me pass this down but not get married but or have children <laughs> but that's why he bought the diamond because he's like i can't have my name continue oh okay i yeah. thought he was gonna like give it to his kids and then he was just like i'm not gonna marry <laughs> <laughs> um, okay that that's i mean yeah sure <laughs> yeah i mean i wish i was that rich to be like I'm yeah i'm getting married and i'm just gonna buy this diamond and that's my name this giant diamond <laughs> is my child that yeah. i'm leaving my legacy <laughs> It's like those people that leave everything to their cats. Yeah, literally. <laughs> this guy just left everything to his diamond. Oh. Um, so he collected art and gems when he purchased this diamond. And um, so it got passed down to carry on his name. And this is where the hope... Oh, wow, I already said that. Never mind. Um, so he died in 1839. So his oldest nephew, obviously named Henry... Um, he inherited the Hope Diamond, so he married, had a daughter, and lived to the ripe old age of 54. Um, wow. (laughs) (laughs) When he passed away, the diamond stayed with his wife, now widow. Um, when she passed away, her grandson inherited the diamond, so his name is Lord Francis Hope. Um, when he, which, he was probably, like, the worst person to hand it down to. Oh, no. He had a big gambling problem. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) as soon as he got it he wanted to sell the hope diamond but because it was split between him and his siblings so like he it was left to them but like he's him being the oldest he had like possession of it basically so he's like i'm gonna fucking sell this thing but so my nana left me her wedding band and yeah. a diamond from her she's got what's called a trinity ring it's three diamonds mm-hmm. so me bethany and riley each get a diamond yeah and literally in the will it says we couldn't touch it until we were 21 because she didn't trust us to just go and sell it that's so funny i love that <laughs> she was right i would have but yeah i definitely... I wear it every day now you yeah. proud josie <laughs> you never know i might sell it tomorrow yeah it's shit's getting desperate okay uh <laughs> We, you just want to go to that uh, that concert. That's all. <laughs> Don't say that too loud. I'm not selling family heirlooms to go to an emo festival. What? <laughs> what? It's, n- it's not just a phase, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, so, anyways, uh, so he had a gambling problem. He wanted to sell the Hope Diamond, but because it was split between him and his siblings, he had to get permission from the court. From my understanding. Because his siblings were like, yeah, no, you're not selling yeah. that. So the court was like, no, we're not. You're not allowed to sell it. 
Then in 1898, like literally a year later, he was denied again. And then in 1901, <laughs> he was randomly granted permission. I guess they're like, third time's a fucking charm. Let's, let's just sell <laughs> You're it. sick of seeing him. Yeah. They're like, Fuck sell off. it with your broke ass. Yeah. <laughs> so the Hope Diamond was sold to Simon Frankel. So he was a jeweler, obviously. So he was American. So he brought the diamond in. Uh, so he bought it in 1901 and took it to the US of A. Um, so it had... <laughs> every time (laughs) every time i'm never gonna i'm never gonna say it differently so it had a few owners after simon one was william falls who was a dutch jeweler he ended up being killed by his son and then his son killed himself so a murder suicide wow yeah and this was all when they have possession of this diamond um so it was also owned by som (laughs) salmon I was looking at the last name being like, how the fuck am I going to pronounce that? And then I mixed the two together. (laughs) You just like preemptively fucked up. (laughs) What a mess. So Simon mm, something. Monarch Crades. That's it. He's a Greek merchant. Yeah. So he drove his car off a cliff, killing himself, his wife, and his child. Oh, (laughs) fuck. Yeah. Um, it then landed in the hands of Pierre Carter, and this is the guy that pretty much is the reason why this whole curse of the Hope Diamond exists, or at least, like, the story is so big, because he's mm-hmm. the one who was telling it. Um, so he met Evelyn Walsh McLean. She was the the, her- the heiress to Washington Post. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, so she had said to Pierre that objects um, that are considered bad luck usually turn into good luck for her. So Pierre was like, girl, I got a diamond for you. <laughs> <laughs> so pierre told evelyn, i feel like she just said that because she knew about the curse and wanted the diamond literally that's what i would do you know i've heard i'm really lucky yeah so <laughs> if you have something um, so pierre told evelyn the story of the hope diamond how it was stolen a curse was placed upon it and it was and because of this owners would die after possessing it or like come on to like hardships um at first she said no it wasn't for her like she thought like the pet like she looked at it and she thought it was like tacky. She's like, I don't want that. Girl. <laughs> yeah. So a few months later, Evelyn met up with Pierre again and Pierre asked her to keep the diamond for the weekend. He was hoping she would like it because he mounted it to like a different pendant, got it all pretty and it fucking worked. So she bought it. Wow. Yeah. Um. So Evelyn's mother-in-law heard she bought it and actually told her to give it back to Pierre and she like actually tried to because her mother-in-law was like, girl, it's cursed. You're like psycho. You're going to bring our whole family down. Um, cause she was the, he- the heiress of the Washington post through her husband. So oh, okay. it's her husband's family's. So her mother-in-law was like, you're going to fucking screw us all over. Yeah. <laughs> so Pierre sent it right back and actually sued Evelyn because at that point she hadn't paid for it. She just took it and was like, I'll buy it. So oh, he that's won. so funny. Yeah. So he actually won and she had to pay for it. Um, so she wore it a lot and like lived pretty peacefully for eight years and this is where the curse story was just like maybe it's actually real it could be a thing so <laughs> did, i don't know if I, if I don't know if you heard that but river's like squeaking oh <laughs> i thought i heard something really high pitched. <laughs> like, i was like is that a bird <laughs> <laughs> nope it's your child it's my child <laughs> Um, so Evelyn's firstborn son, Vincent, he was killed in a car accident. He was nine years old. Um, yeah. So he was actually hit by a car, um, which is weird. What it, the weird thing about this is the guy he's named after his uncle. He, his uncle actually died in a car accident at 17 years old. 
Uh, Evelyn's, That's wild. Yeah, Evelyn's daughter died at 25. It said she committed suicide, but her death was ruled an accidental overdose. Um, yeah, Evelyn's husband ended up leaving her and divorcing her for another woman. Um, however, he ended up in a psychiatric institution where he died in 1941. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Evelyn herself died in 1947 from pneumonia. Before her death, she had to sell the Washington Post. But she, um, but when she passed away, she still owed a lot of money, so she died with a lot of debt, apparently. And there goes the diamond. Yeah, so there goes the diamond. <laughs> so because I don't think her, her divorce from her husband went through, so because by the time he got put in like the psychiatric ward, so oh. she kind of like inherited everything. Like it's all hers, and then just went fucking right downhill from there. Wow. Yeah. So Evelyn's surviving children inherited all of her items, including the Hope Diamond, which they sold to Harry Winston, who apparently is a well-known American jeweler. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I I wrote in brackets. I'm like, no clue, dude. But Holly will know. <laughs> I. Yep. He's like the the. Yeah. yeah. So it's like he, Carche and him. Yeah. So he owned it for a decade with no issues, and then he donated the diamond to the Smithsonian, where it's been on display ever since. Um, so the last victim of this said curse is James Todd. So James Todd was the guy who delivered the Hope Diamond to the Smithsonian. So he didn't own it or anything. He was literally just like... He just looked at it. <laughs> he just took it, drove it down the street, and was like, here you go. Um, so he, uh, he apparently his leg got crushed in an accident. Oh, fuck. Yeah, in another accident, he received major head injuries in a car crash. And then his this house burned down. <laughs> He didn't even do anything. <laughs> the the diamond was just like, I don't want to go on display. I want to ruin people's lives. Why are you taking me here? <laughs> fuck you. It's its final fuck you. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did is this the one that Elizabeth Taylor wore to like the Oscars or something? I don't know. I feel like it was like a replica. Oh, okay. Let's see. Hold on. Maybe. You said Elizabeth Taylor? Yeah. I don't know people. I I seen her. I'm picturing like a picture of her with like a giant necklace. It could have been a reclipa. A reclipa. A reclipa. (laughs) Uh, I think it. it, No. Hold on. No. It wasn't. I I tried. Because hers just say it's uh, a 16 carat diamond. Oh, she had a different giant one. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I don't have a giant diamond. That's uh, <laughs> the whole point of the story. Because <laughs> we don't have this giant diamond. <laughs> um, so altogether, there was about 29 people who either died after owning it or be in wow. possession of the diamond. Yeah. Or just had like shitty things tossed their way, like lawsuits or getting arrested or something like that. Yeah. Um, there is a list of people. I didn't name all of them obviously like there were some people from like back in the day like the 1800s that just happened to know marie antoinette and like was her best friend so she wore it for a couple times and then she ended up getting like killed in like like the that whole like monarchy the thing the fall of the monarchy like yeah, the yeah, French yeah. revolution whatever it was and she got like <laughs> tortured and her arms got chopped off it was oh fucked. fuck like, it was fucked <laughs> that is so fucked yeah so it's like it's like stories like that um, so I think Harry Winston's the only one who really had nothing bad happen to him for owning it. Um, so today the cost of the diamond is between 200 and $350 million. Wow. Pocket change, whatever. Wow. Yeah. But this isn't just like a cursed diamond. What I thought was cool was, um, Jeffrey Post, he's a Smithsonian curator, is quoted saying, and I quote, people typically think of the Hope Diamond as a historic gem, but it's important as a rare scientific specimen that can provide vital insights into our knowledge of diamonds and how they were formed on the earth. 
Um, I also want to say that the ocean diamond from Titanic was inspired by the Hove diamond. Sure was. I th- yeah, I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure it looks ex- the similar. I think the, the ocean diamond in Titanic was made to be bigger than the Hope diamond, though. From what I'm remembering of the scene, she like, uh, they mentioned the Hope diamond and I think he calls it like a sister. Yeah. A sister of the Hope Diamond? It was something along the lines of, like, you know how, like, it got stolen and then recut, and then it was, like, yeah. in London? It was, like, one of those pieces that, like, got chopped. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. I'm going to have to watch Titanic now. Yay. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> man, that was, that was fun. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, so that's the curse I didn't know the that there was, diamond. like, a curse associated with it. I thought it was just <laughs> a giant diamond. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine having, like, a $350 million diamond and, like, brings down your whole life? Like it kills, but you, at least you have a three hundred fifty million dollar diamond. But you don't. You, no, you don't. You're dead. <laughs> True. <laughs> Honestly, I would sell it immediately. I yeah, it'd be gone, and it's I'd just be rich. Honest. Also, could you imagine just being so fucking wealthy? You have a three hundred and fifty million dollar diamond in your possession. And you're just like, I'm just gonna donate it. Yeah. Here you go. And like, you can't wear that every day. It's I, heavy. First of all, I could. <laughs> <laughs> they just gave it to the wrong person danielle yeah. needs to have this test me i wear it it's so no i blue is tacky i don't do well in blue i'm too pale <laughs> i do like what that guy said about it though because it's true it is a it's a very rare blue diamond and mm-hmm. i don't think there's many others that are like that like there might no. be blue ones but not that size no not even close it, and from what i know about diamonding it's hard to even find a diamond of that size in general like a, a, <laughs> a white diamond diamonding yeah. you know uh but yeah that i do like what he said about that because it's true it's like people are so fascinated by it but for the not for the wrong reason but like they should be looking at another reason yeah you know? like now we science know. rules <laughs> bill, 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 bill. <laughs> but yeah that's the curse of the hope diamond well that was fun good one my goal like in life that. is to own a the diamond, diamond. <laughs> that expensive and have it like curse me that's my goal in life now i'm changing I, my goal yeah we're gonna steal the hope diamond it's gonna happen don't say uh, that fbi don't listen to us what are you i was about? obviously a joke at fbi obviously it's not a joke we get stolen like next week it wasn't us <laughs> we just happened to do an episode on it yeah, but at least we can travel we have our vaccines so it's fine <laughs> we can actually go to steal it it's it's yeah. true <laughs> you kill me that was a good one though I, I thoroughly enjoyed that this was a good episode minus your, the fucked up pig eater i mean i'm sorry i had to yeah i, I feel I like it was, it was one of those cases i had to cover like i don't i don't do big ones often but yeah that's what she said lol danielle <laughs> <laughs> and with that be our friends because obviously we don't have any we don't. we're going like mental being at home um you can find us on instagram it's a spooky hour podcast twitter is spooky hour and our email is the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com if you have any tips on how to steal a diamond let us know i fucking can't yeah please yeah we'll we'll make a whole road trip a whole bunch of us will go down and just yeah oh my god it could be part of our patreon you guys <laughs> help us steal the hope time <laughs> give me like a tier level <laughs> level five <laughs> plane tickets where's the Smithsonian? is that the one in washington i have no bloody idea i'm just really happy i could pronounce it <laughs> uh 
Thanks for tuning in, friends. This yeah. is disintegrating quickly. <laughs> Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Bye. <laughs>